Peace anime. Hello, it's uh, episodes 60 to uh, 64. 64. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why my brain always processes that as four episodes and not five, but it is think, actually like, programmer, five. man, like base zero arrays and shit. Yeah, exactly. What can I say, you know? Yeah. Um, so episode 60, like these are some very action heavy episodes i will say a lot of things happen yeah season three in these ones so mm-hmm. a lot of stuff yeah. it's, it's going um so episode 60 starts out with the free planet alliance as part of the treaty peace treaty has to decommission all of their space navy and so we see some guys you know decommissioning all these ships these are the ships that julian told Mercats about via gang a couple episodes back so, lo and behold, Murkots uh, shows up and decides to give a speech about how they're freedom fighting against the tyranny of the Galactic Empire and all that great stuff. And uh, they convince a lot of the people who are decomming these ships to join them. And they eventually yep. get about, I think it was said 500 ships, which is not a whole lot in the scheme of things, but it's way more than the 60 or so they had. So, mm-hmm. they have a new commander guy. Um, I guess he was one of the fleet admirals previously in the war. Uh, he defects over to Mercatz's Freedom Fighter Corps, and uh, he goes to Mercatz and is like, listen, I, I like what you're doing and everything, but I really don't trust you all that much seeing how you also changed sides in the last Civil War and you're an Imperial at heart. And uh, the new guy's like, well, I wish Gang was here because that's the one dude I really trust. But um, Mercatz tells him, like, listen, I understand. Uh, I'm kind of doing what Yang told me to do uh, a year ago when the f- war ended. And the mm-hmm. new guy's like, well, I guess I'll help you out for now since you uh, say you're doing what Yang wants to do. And Yeah, it was just like, yeah, like, man, I wish Yang was our leader instead. And Murkatz is like, okay, what if I told you Yang was kind of our leader, actually? And he's just like, oh, okay, dope, dope, dope. Cool, we're good then. <laughs> yeah, so they get a whole bunch of new troops and stuff, which is cool, good for them. Um, after this happens, rumors start going around the, well, I guess the entire galactic community at large. That um, although Murkatz hijacked the fleet and they kind of know he's alive now, um, rumors that Yang set this all up, um, which I guess he did, but he kind of did it several months back and really didn't have any planning. They have no, they have no proof. Yeah, they yeah. have, they have nothing on him. It's just um, so a thing that's that's kind of interesting and a thing you need to keep in mind uh, throughout a lot of these upcoming episodes is that. The uh, Free Planet Alliance is scared at all times here. Like, the politicians are so worried because they know uh, Reinhardt is just, like, looking for anything, any excuse to come intervene and end the damn thing and just remove the Free Planet Alliance once and for all. Yeah, the Free Planet uh, Alliance still has kind of political is... autonomy at this point, but, like, it's heavily supervised, and they know as part of these peace treaty, if they fuck anything up, that the Galactic Empire is going to come in and take everybody away and install their own, you know... Yeah, they're just going to say, any any visage of autonomy you had is now gone. Like, you officially are just... You are part of the Galactic Empire. Fucking get over it. Uh, and, and so that's why... Uh, one reason that they're so quick to try and find someone to pin this on is because, oh, hey, 500 ships that were supposed to be decommissioned got stolen and a bunch of people defected to a rebel force is very much enough reason for Reinhardt to come in and yeah. just shut the whole shit down. So they're losing their shit over this. They're just like, oh my god, how, how, we need to cover this up, we need to pin this on somebody, we need to get that person apprehended and under arrest so that we can have something to show and say, don't worry, we're on it. 
because uh, otherwise Reinhardt's going to come be on it, and that's going to be the end of the Free Planet Alliance. Yeah. So just a thing to keep in mind when we're discussing for this next hour, because it is yeah, that's the motivations of a lot of the characters in these next couple episodes. Yeah, the thing, yeah. The thing it's is, huge. It's, it's interesting with this. This isn't a spoiler per se, but it's just a lot of the stuff that happens in these next te- several episodes are technically a screw up or an oversight on Yang's part because this you know you know usually. When Yang is planning things, you see he's several steps ahead, but because of how much of a panic the Free Planet Alliance is in and how much there's knee-jerking within the inner circles, a lot of this stuff spins off from this initial plan of, hey, have Mercats go and grab these ships. Yeah, Jed also said that he told Mercats to do this, like, I don't know what the time frame is, but it was like several months ago, and he's been hands-off since then. Yeah, so and it's, it's Yang, out of his and control. Yang's still playing with the whole idea of wait out five or six years and then we'll do something. He yeah. was of the mind, it seemed, that he could try this and it died down, but that doesn't happen. Yeah. So the politicians learn of the fleet hijacking defection deal. They want to pin it on Yang because, again, like Ty said, they're scared the hell of the Galactic Empire. They send a whole bunch of this info to Len Camp. Lenin Camp knows it isn't Yang, like he's been spying on Yang, he knows Yang's just, you know, doing his married life shit, but he also kind of wants it deep down in his heart to be Yang, because he's also a fleet guy, and he's been, you know, kind of styled on by Yang several times. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, wants, he also knows Lenin that Camp, Ryan needs an enemy and all that, so. Was Lenin Camp the one who is the head of, or like the secretary of defense as installed by the Galactic Empire at Heineson? Uh, Lennon Camp is a looking exactly. dude. He's kind of the overseer of what yeah. the FBA is doing. Okay, I just wasn't sure if he had like a more specific title for what he does, but yeah, he's basically. I forgot just what the, his official the, title the, is. Yeah. He's basically the de facto extension of Reinhardt's rule over here. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the watchdog uh, over the Free Planet Alliance to make sure nothing goes uh, too out of hand. Yeah, and, so he talks with a Free Planet. He talks with. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister, some dude, uh, some other Galactic Empire dude, they advised the Free Planet Alliance civilian government to arrest Yang to take care of this. Um, when Leblo gets the news, he doesn't want to arrest Yang because, I mean, he's friends with, he kind of uh, trusts in Yang. He knows that Yang's a good guy at heart, but he also doesn't want to give the Galactic Empire an excuse to intervene because he knows that would be the end of the Free Planet Alliance. Um, he has the quote here, even if he's a national hero, I will have him executed if he endangers the peace. Um, mm-hmm. Han Louis there. He's saying that the um, this rule to execute the law they're trying to pin him on is the peace treaty thing, and it's kind of retroactively applying to stuff that he did during before the war. So they kind of know it's bullshit. But Louis says that uh, if Yang gets uh, captured and executed, his subordinates may not take that well, and may rebel or do some other crazy things. Um, Leblo says that soldiers are supposed to safeguard the nation, not an individual person, that the people, his subordinates, should be thinking nationalistically instead of against their former commander. But Leblo obviously doesn't want to do any of this, so he tries to get some advice from another guy, I guess this political expert from a university. Yeah, it was like some professor. Yeah, just some professor that he had trust in, uh, which, I mean... It makes sense when the person who's currently been, like, king shit of Good Mountain is Yang, who was just a history student. Actually, probably pretty smart to go to a political or history professor and be like, hey, what's, what, how has this shaken out before? How can we make it shake out this time? Uh, So, he talks with the university professor. They come up with a plan. Uh, The next day, Yang is arrested. They show the police come up to his house and... 
they tell him he's under arrest. He's like, I wish I knew a lawyer. Well, I guess I'm going in this without one. Because Yang's yeah, they're just like, you can contact your lawyer if you want. And he's like, oh, I don't have one. And it's like, Yang, <laughs> you are the number one person who needed to have a lawyer on fucking retainer, dog. Like, I need one uh, of those? Oh, Christ. But for what, it, for what it's worth, there are also some implications of, like, intentionally applying economic stress on them. Between, like, you know, uh, earlier when they mentioned that... They just kept cutting Yang's Yang's pay, yeah. you know, like Yang's pension. They're just like, yeah, whatever. So it might be something where, like, even if he wanted to, he couldn't afford a private lawyer. Like, it's it's Maybe, not super yeah. clear. But also, it very much seems like a Yang thing to just never get around to doing this super important thing. Yeah, it was also kind of implied, based on the way he was arrested, the people that arrested him, this was more like secret police taking you away as opposed to actually being served a warrant and taking, you know, due mm-hmm. process. So, yeah. So they take him away. Uh, Frederica immediately runs into the house, gets geared up for murder. She has, like, an evil intent in her eyes because she doesn't want her husband being taken away. You stole my husband. <laughs> we just got married. Like, I just finally taught him to fuck good. It took, like, three weeks. It was, oh, my God. It was I like you were trying to adjust You cannot ruin this marriage now. <laughs> imagine, imagine some fucking 14-year-old adjusting radio dials for three weeks. That's basically <laughs> what I was working with. I finally got him to know where the penis goes. Come on. You can't take him now. Like, she is fucking on a warpath. It's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, it Frederica is a fucking cool rules. Scene. In these episodes, yeah, Frederica kicks ass over the next few. It's great. So um, we get a scene of Oberstein calling Lennon Camp on space phone. Uh, Lennon Camp goes in and tells o- Oberstein that uh, he told the FPA to get rid of Yang to get rid of future problems. Uh, Oberstein agrees with his method of action. He's like, "That's a good idea. This will take care of problems." Oh, by the way, since we're getting rid of Yang here, what you should do instead, instead of murdering him, send him to Odin because this will bait Murkats out of hiding, and then we can kill two birds with one stone. Um, Lundkamp's like that sounds like a great idea but does Reinhardt know about it and Oberstein's like he doesn't need to know it's fine cool just go do it yeah Oberstein pretty clearly realizes that Yang is like a weird mental block for Reinhardt that anytime Yang gets involved Ryan starts fucking up so he's just kind of like let's not let's not tell, let's, mm. <laughs> let's just not let Reinhardt know about this one so Oberstein hates up. Um, I who was it? Was it Muller in the room with him? I forgot who it was. Uh, but one of them was. So. They, they were talking about uh, how. Well, are you sure that Lennon Camp will be able to pull this off? Because if this goes tits up, we're kind of screwed here. And Oberstein's like, you know, if Lennon Camp dies, that's fine because the person who starts this doesn't necessarily need I to think be the it person. Was Fahrenheit. Oh, was it Fahrenheit? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's the totally oh, yeah. crazy dude. Point, instead of Mueller is um, not quite shoulder shoulder with Roentel Mittermeier, but Fahrenheit would probably still answer to Oberstein to some degree. Yeah, for, mm-hmm. yeah, he has the scruffy gray hair as opposed to the mm-hmm. just for men gray hair. Okay. Um. Anyway, so Yang is arrested now. He is being grilled by FPA politicians and intelligence community. They're asking him how he got Marquettes to do all this. Um, Yang's kind of stonewalling them because he knows it's bullshit and he actually explicitly calls them out like this arrest is illegal you can't be doing this to me and so they let him go like i thought when they were going full in with the taking away this political activist guy they're trying to pin on they would have not let him go but they did it's it's a weird i don't know it's one of the parts with the logic i think falls apart here but Mm-hmm. He gets his freedom back, and now he, both him and all of his underlings are being super supervised. Like, Dusty's going around, and he knows people are following him and stuff. 
they then Dusty meets up with Shenkop at a restaurant and they start talking about Yane's situation. It's funny because they walk in and then like five guys in black suits and hats and sunglasses also gawk in behind them and take a table near them. <laughs> it's a and very... they're like really bad at spying. There's actually a cut that made me fucking die laughing of this huge motherfucker, this bald bull ass size motherfucker trying to like hide behind a wine glass like he's got one eye covered <laughs> up over and at he's the like table peeking and he just around. Puts it in front of his yeah. face. I like, I like yeah. how there were the dudes who were following Shen Cop that were already in the restaurant at a table and then Dusty's dudes it seemed like they knew them. They just went over the table like, oh, hey, Frank. Hey, Bill. Oh, you're following Shinkoff? Uh, mind if I sit here? Okay, yeah. They, they can only do the one bill on the report for the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. They all ordered water and bread. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, for three fucking hours. I need that table. The waiters get pissed at them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dusty meets up with Shinkoff at the restaurant. They start talking about Yang's situation. I guess they were filled in by Frederica. Um, they know that the Galactic Empire set the FPA up. Um they, the FBA, if they don't kill Yang, then the Galactic Empire will be angry at them for the Murkat's intervention and say, hey, you're not dealing with this well enough. They know if they do kill Yang, then that will spark a whole bunch of anti-Galactic Empire uh, resistance from the civilians there, and that will riot and get out of hand so the Galactic Empire can get in. So either way, the FBA is kind of fucked on this. Um, they figure of the two routes, killing Yang would probably be the better of the two because then they could put down riots themselves as opposed to just having Murkats fuck around and kill and take away, you know, military stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, they leave in a car and it comes out that Shenkop has a daughter and it's Cataros uh, and they're estranged. They uh, really... Shenkop didn't know about her until a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. and it seems that and she and doesn't like him. A reminder for everyone who has trouble with the names that don't come up terribly often, uh, Kairos was the uh, red-headed fighter pilot that uh, uh, Julian immediately uh, popped one for. So, <laughs> Yeah, a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the secret police that are following Dusty and Shenkop try to pull them over. Um, Shenkop starts doing a car chase all bullet style um dusty makes a joke that he's getting a dui now since uh he was drinking wine <laughs> at the restaurant <laughs> and they realized this plan is going into motion too fast they were expecting this to take years as opposed to months so that's the end of that episode the episode ends with a shot of the road and then there's a loud explosion that was not just for drama effect that's about where it picks up in the next episode. Yeah, the cars on. go over a hill or something, and then mm-hmm. there's an explosion. There's frames it there. Um, episode 61 starts out with Yang. I guess he's still being detained somehow. Yeah, I they never, they they never let him go, per se. They, they never just let re- him go. They released yeah, him from the room he was being questioned in, but oh, he was still being held elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, they let him uh, stop being yeah grilled. But no, he was, he was very much always in there. Like It seemed like they were just... He was stalling because he knew, uh, I think he'd figured out that, like, the end of this road is probably them shooting him in the head. So he's just delaying as much as possible because he has, you know, he's like, well, the only chance I'm getting out of this one is if, like, Frederica and Shenkop lose their minds. <laughs> That's the only way I'm getting out of this pickle. Luckily, Shenkop always has lost his mind. <laughs> like 95% chance he is losing his mind at any given point. He is really bored being a house cat. It's just been, like, two fucking months. He's got to kill a man. Yeah, so <laughs> Yang is mad that he didn't see any of this. Like, he tried the planet well, but, of course, shit went, got out of hand. He, um, didn't, he didn't expect the Free Planet Alliance to be, like, scrambling as hard as it is uh, and having 
everything be like a panic response as opposed to a measured response. I think that's maybe just something Yang can't really take into account because he doesn't really panic. Yeah, he's more of a military man and has never panicked as opposed to these FPA people that have always lost their shit when it comes down to them. Mm -hmm. So Ludlow comes in to meet him, um, tells him straight up, listen, you're a threat to the nation by just existing. It's obvious through the conversation here that Ludlow still likes and trusts Yang but he wants to do things professionally for the sake of the nation. He keeps saying that like he, his hand is being forced in all this. Yang asks mm-hmm. him if it's okay for the nation to sacrifice the rights of a citizen to safeguard you know, the future of the nation. Ludlow tries to make excuses saying, you know, of course, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, kind of that sort of mentality. He tells Yang to kind of think of himself as a hero, but like, you're a martyr. By dying, you're going to safeguard our nation's future. Then Yang says that Ludlow should be the one concerned about his historical reputation in the future. <laughs> well, it's and, also something that uh, Leblow brings up here or later, but he brings up repeatedly that pretty much he's, as long as the Free Planet Alliance lives on, he's perfectly fine with being thought of as a shit heel in history, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Yang also, at some point during this, just kind of gives the whole thing of like, I didn't want to be a hero. I don't want to be a martyr. I just want to read books, please. (laughs) (laughs) He's just staying at his house and reading books. Well, he must be plenty of conspiracy. We have to go arrest him now. (laughs) Nobody's that much of a big fucking nerd who's a hero. Writing a memoir? I don't know about that. (laughs) It's also weird, too, because like Lublo, during his dialogue, like he is kind of cowardly in the way he's almost pleading for yang to like die like yeah. he isn't saying listen we're gonna kill you sorry he's saying listen would you just please die for us i mean it would do us a big solid here yeah the narrator mentions later on that yang and he got along perfectly fine in spite of all this stuff but it's just i never got that vibe you know i mean um, I, he trusts yang a really earlier high stress in, like situation. season one and two yeah yeah, in season one and two, when they were having the first time Yang got grilled, Leblo, I think, was one of the dudes who was on the sidelines, kind of like winking at him, being like, don't worry, bud, I got you. Yeah. And like, occasionally. Yeah, he was definitely doing, doing that. He was also with the him. one that voted I'm, for him. I'm getting, not I'm to getting go to mixed up. So I'm getting mixed up with yeah. someone else then. Okay. Yeah, because also. I thought Leblo, there was another person with a mustache, but no, that was still Leblo. Okay. No, Leblo also um, was shown to not be a warhawk, whereas mm-hmm. almost everyone else on that board was. Like, when everyone else was like, let's do war, let's do war, he's like, guys, there are major socioeconomic implications of continuing a losing war, and we need to talk about them seriously before we... And then everyone else at the table is just fucking pounding on the desk like they're going to McDonald's, <laughs> demanding more war. And Leblo just kind of, like, shook his head and was like, fuck this. So... It seems like he's a peaceful man to a certain extent, the same as Yang. So he probably is struggling with this pretty hard. The in, fact in that he's about to way, tell, like he really thinks he's doing the right thing. He knows that it's immoral, but he thinks that like it will help the most people in the end. And that's kind yeah. of one of the things I wanted to talk about later is whether or not he's actually doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But to continue on, um, so Yang, after all this grilling, is thinking about Frederica. He doesn't want to disappoint her, but he also doesn't want to die. I mean. He's kind of put in a tough position here. So we cut back to the previous episode that ended in a car explosion over the hills. The conspirators are trying to capture Attenborough and Shenkov, but they failed at it because the Rosenritter stepped in and just blew up all those police cars. And it's funny because it shows this panicked FPA military guy talking to, uh, I guess, his leader at a base someplace saying that he failed. And then they, when they realize they have the Rosenritters on the loose, um, the guy kind of panics. 
the narrator which is actually fair this is one of those few times where i think panicking is completely completely legit because basically shen cop just accidentally called the boys <laughs> and uh the thing is they won't stop they don't know reason they're just here to party and uh if they start partying good luck stopping stopping them like they're just they, like they're basically you, a big group of super green berets is basically what they are yeah the <laughs> like, narrator, and, and there's a lot of axes. them oh jesus no <laughs> like i wouldn't have been shocked if one of the scenes was literally like a police car driving at one of them full speed and then just like cutting it in half with an axe and the car just separates around them like the rosen ritter are fucking ridiculous in these episodes episodes they're just unkillable supermen i love it it's also explained that uh since the rose and ritters are expatriates from the galactic empire the galactic empire since they're kind of the de facto power now hates them and kind of wants to get rid of them because they're seen as a black spot you know of people who have betrayed the galactic empire in the past and mm -hmm. they figure that since you know the galactic empire will eventually come into power everywhere they will probably be purged the same way Yang is. So the Roosevelt really have nothing to lose with fighting for their own freedom at this point. Mm -hmm. um, it's shown that Bogdashu had kind of contacted them and got them together. And he also helped Dusty and Shenkop out of the situation and that uh, Frederica was hanging out with them now. Um, we see a couple scenes of them talking. Dusty is writing a tell-all book. He thinks that's going to be his meal ticket in the future. And he says, Unfortunately, he's a shitty teller. writer. Yeah. Um, they Leblo learns that uh, Shenkop and all of them and the Rosen Ritters are rebelling. Uh, he is freaking the fuck out because he knows if shit gets real, the Galactic Empire is definitely going to step in and place all the blame on him. Yeah, and like whereas before the ships being taken and people defecting and stuff, that is like theoretically possible to cover up. Like it would be hard, but you could do it. Um, this is, there are burning police cars piled up in the streets <laughs> as some dudes in fucking stormtrooper outfits are just fist pumping and hooting and hollering. Like, you cannot cover these idiots up. So, there's like they a mini, a, mi a small shit. army of war boys just destroying the hell out of the capital and they're having a blast and nobody can stop them. This looks yeah. like you could, it would be completely believable for them to cut to one of them taking their helmet off, lighting a cigar and just puffing on it while they shoot a gun wildly in the air. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lovelo calls up this uh, political expert he called before and tries to place the blame on him. Um, I love that conversation. Th th so this was um, uh, when Negroponte was questioning Yang back at the tribunal. This poli sci expert guy was one of the dudes to his side. He talked a few times, but this guy was, you know, a weasel as well. And Leblo calls up and he's sort of like, dude, your plan backfired. Uh, well, um, Leblo, I didn't say, um, I didn't say you should definitely take up my plan. So technically you fucked up. I'm just spouting out ideas here. You don't have to yeah. you know, do any of them. I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what's al dente. It's your fault. If yeah, you you're, fucking, you're the motherfucker you know, who took it, it and made a main dish out of it. What the hell, man? Yeah, you're the one who was like, mm, yes, firm to the tooth on this sloppy, slippery-ass noodle. You by got the this way, trash by the way, it's please, your send, fault. please send an attache of guards to guard my house. He yells as he hangs up on him. <laughs> yeah. I love that. He's like, by so, the way, please protect me. He hung up. So Ludlow's freaking out. Um, he goes he was going someplace i didn't write down where he was going but he got in a car and took an escort and went someplace during this shen cop and the boys do some like speed shit and they kind of like break over into his lane on the highway and capture him with a bazooka after blowing up his escort shen cops riding on top of the car yeah it, it was pretty like commando shit mm -hmm. um so shen cop 
grills Lublo on the highway about Yang, why he's doing this. And I um, love the, the weird, fashionable pose he takes with the rocket launcher. Oh, yeah, he looks stylish. <laughs> yeah. He's like, please tell me somebody's getting camera shots of this. Uh, Lublo still is sticking to his story that he wants to put the nation first and thinks this is the only way. Uh, Shenkop tells him he's betraying the national values, and Lublo knows it's unjust, but he still has to do it. It's the same deal he gave the Yang earlier. Uh, they capture and take uh, Leblo hostage into some like hidden location they have. I have Bogdashu is hacking the Gibson from an APC. I guess like since he's the spy master, he has back channeled ways of getting into the Free Planet Alliance's military system. Um, it was uh, Shinkop called them up directly. Uh, called up like the um, not the authorities, but I guess some sort of intel place or something. Yeah, and they, like they were trying to track number. him, and Bogdash did something to fuck with that with the oh, tracking. Yeah, That's like they just on. called up the Pentagon and said, uh, hey, we are here now. Uh, we have the mans. Also, we have Lublo, so you better do this shit. Yeah, pretty much they had to say, by the way, we have your prime minister. Yeah, and they the guy says, like, well, Lublo's not that important and all that. And they say, well, we can just attack the Galactic Empire under the flag of the Free Planet Alliance if our demands aren't met. And that will definitely <laughs> start a war. So their main demand really is to get Yang back. They want that. Dusty also throws in that they want wine because he's crazy um they say that if they don't get yang back soon they're just going to go to the galactic empire said and say that they're rebelling so obviously the free planet alliance guys at the headquarters now are freaking out um they think that if they hang yang back they're just going to go and attack the galactic empire because this guy's stupid so therefore his rationale is they should just go kill yang and let leblo die because he says I mean, he feels that if he has these two people die, then the Galactic Empire won't have any reason to stand in, step in. So it's kind of weird how this scene plays out because this Free Planet Alliance guy, this military dude that they called, like immediately takes action into his own hands without like going up the chain. And he seems like he's kind of into the idea of killing Yang, which is strange. Yeah, he he gets a bit crazy. More reverence. Yeah. So we cut to a scene of um, Leningkamp, who's at the opera. I guess Leningkamp likes opera. He was supposed to be... That's where Lovelo was going. He was going to the opera. Yeah, that's right. Um, The vibe I got from that is that Leningkamp is not big on operas because he was just sort of like... uh, What was There was some line about him not getting it or something. I don't know. So he learns that the... um, He learns that Lovelo has been... Uh, captured by these He's people, fucking grab snatched by the Rosenritter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, he thank starts... Christ, I can lead this opera. Fuck. Yeah, he starts deploying uh, Galactic Empire troops to go find them and shit like that. The um, let's give him some notes here. So the Free Planet Alliance guy who took the phone call wants to deal with this before Lennon Camp gets involved. Um, he feels that he has no choice but to go and shoot Yang. Uh, so he shows up and gains. I don't know, jail cell. It's not a jail cell. It's like a hotel room or something, but. It is a comfortable jail cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. White, yeah. White collar criminal jail cell. Exactly. Yeah. He uh, shows up to shoot Yang, um, tells him that he has to die for his nation. Uh, he makes the note that, like, you're the Achilles heel of this nation. It's like, you're the one thing that they're going to pin it on. We have to get rid of you. And Yang says that the Achilles heel is an important part of the body. Contrary to how that saying often goes, the Achilles heel is uh, pretty important. You're stalling, you motherfucker. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, so Yang tries stalling this as uh, 
lawn as possible. He dodges the first shot, and the guy's like, come on, really, dude? You're tied up in a chair. <laughs> He's about to shoot him, and then he gets no-scoped in the back of the head by Frederica, who is uh, very excited to see Yang again. There's a flashback to her saving Yang the first time and Alpha Seal when he was choking, and I guess this is a more dramatic saving of him mm-hmm. the second time, but... It's shown that uh, she broke in the place with Shenkop and the Rosenredders, and then they escape from this place. It's also funny, during the escape, like, one of the Rosenredders guys yells, like, do you know who we are? To the guards, and they're like, oh shit, it's those dudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, they're about to get into another firefight, and they're just, like, super not interested at this point in time, because they know they gotta cheese it. They gotta get out before, like, real-ass reinforcements show up. And yeah, one of the Rosenredders just, like, fucking grabs a megaphone, when they're just like, put your guns down and come peacefully, and he just, like, grabs a microphone, and he's like, we're the Rosenredder, bitch, you know what that means? And they're just like, we gotta go. Do you, do you guys really want to do this? Oh, Jesus Christ, no. So, that ends episode 61. Uh, episode 62 starts out with them all in like this APC going someplace, I guess back to their hidden base. And Shenkop is really pushing for Yang to take a leadership position, like dictator leadership position. Um, he's like, listen, everybody trusts you. Everybody believes in you. You'll have the support of the military and all this. You have a tactical mind for military. You're civic minded in your duty. You really got to do this, bro. So, you know, that whole that whole dictator thing I keep bringing up every few weeks. Jesus Christ, man, you always bring this up. Yeah, but come on, man. <laughs> yeah, so Yang asked what would happen if he sees his power and his character changed. And then Shenkop's like, well, you wouldn't be different than anyone else. So it's not a big deal. And um, they're saying that, like, listen, the Free Planet, you don't owe the Free Planet Alliance any, anything anymore. They've sold you out a hundred times. They've taken away your pension. They've constantly undermined you and not trusted you. Do your they own tried thing. to shoot you in the head with yeah, a that gun. Too. <laughs> yeah. So Yang's kind of pushing it off because he doesn't want responsibility at all. I kind of like this um, next scene where Yang meets with uh, Leblo. You have in your notes here. The thing is, is it, 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 they just make offhanded references to it like a few times prior to this. But Shinkop mentioned having a hostage. And I don't think they showed Yang's reaction to it. But it's just sort of like, so you have a hostage? You haven't captured the prime minister. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they meet Leblo at their secret base that they have right now. Um Leblo asks him if he knows all the laws that he's broken. He starts listing off, like, you've done all these terrible things. You're going to be a terrible criminal now. And Yang's just like, yeah, it's cool. They want, Yang tells him he wants to guarantee his safety and the safety of all his friends on the way out. Uh, Leblo won't do that. He's like, I can't give amnesty to a criminal who's broken all these laws. Um, Yang says that as long as the Free Planet Alliance is around, there's no way he'll ever be able to live in safety. And that's really no way to live. He says a country can sell out its citizens, but not the other way around, which is kind of bullshit. Yang then wants to take Lenin. Yang comes up with a plan, I guess. He's like, listen, I figured out a way for us to make all this work and it'll make it so you're in a good position. I can get my freedom. It'll be great. And his idea is that he wants to take Lenin camp hostage and just leave the Free Planet Alliance on a ship with all of his friends. By doing this, the Free Planet Alliance can call in the Galactic Empire for help in a good way, saying that, listen, we need to capture this outlaw Yang, go kill them. This will allow the Free Planet Alliance to like, keep their you know political autonomy and all that. And this will also let Yang just leave because he doesn't want to stay on Hyneson anymore. So Leblo agrees to this. Um, kind of, it, It's kind of forced hand on Leblo's part, but he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. 
and um bog the shoe Basically, i won't i won't try and get in your way or do anything yeah. sneaky like sure this plan is good enough for me as well fuck it <laughs> yeah so as yang and uh everybody leaves bog the shoe comes in and t- tells him that uh he really shouldn't trust an fpa politician that uh, he's gonna get sold out <laughs> which is funny coming from bog the shoe but Lenin camp at this point has not told the greater galactic empire of the problems um i guess he doesn't want to undermine his own authority on this. Like he doesn't want to bother Ryan about this, but it's at this point when he's thinking about maybe telling them that the Rosen Ritters storm the galactic empire's consulate and they end up capturing Lenin camp. Um, there's a big fight scene with the Rosen Ritters on the stairs and all that. And I thought it was interesting. The, um, the translation for this episode is kind of different from the one that my brother and I saw and it always stuck, always stuck in my mind. Like this is, they called this the cascades of blood, but I think that was actually a, a different phrasing of the one that I was aware with, aware of that was called the stairways of blood, which really fits in nicely with what goes on in this episode because yeah. the, the Rose Bitters just buckle down on the, like they try it. What is it? They seal off, all the elevator shafts, they cut all the elevator cables, they sealed off all the stairwells, but one of them they could not. So basically, Shinkop just goes down to that bottleneck and just starts killing everyone who tries coming up the stairs. Yeah, there's a lot of action in this episode we kind of gloss mm-hmm. over, so that it doesn't really do anything politically. But yeah, it's one really of the cool, major <laughs> scenes in the episode is Shinkop just on a staircase, just murdering dudes as they come up. Oh, and yeah, then like one of the one of the younger dudes in the Rosen Raider is just like Shenkop, sir, you can't be in the front lines. That's way too dangerous. We need you. And he, Shenkop's just like, eat my shorts. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> just it, like it, 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 keeps it, going buck wild. In the past, there was the blonde haired guy who was like his right hand man. The always saw him talking with this younger guy mm-hmm. is um, a newer character, I think, or maybe he was in the background. But he's uh, usually glued to Shenkop's side. A bit more because the blonde-haired guy is with Murkats right now. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they capture Lennon Camp. They bring him back to his base, back, back to their hidden base thing. Lennon Camp asks if he's going to be traded for Yang because he doesn't yet know that Yang set all this up. He thought that just the Rosen Redders were going AWOL. Um, this is where Yang comes in and beats him. And when he sees Leblo behind Yang, when he opens the door, Lenkamp realizes that he has been sold out by the Free Planet Alliance. Like, this is a big deal because mm-hmm. he knows that they... He thought before that this was Yang and his Rosenredder buddies and everything just doing their own thing. But now that he sees that Leblo is there, he thinks the entire FPA is selling him out. And, like, this is treason and everything. So, having now captured their hostage, Shenkop goes and drops Leblo tied off up at a park just to give him his freedom back because he knows he needs to get out of there. It is at this point that uh, Shen Ka- or that, uh, God, I'm getting my names mixed up. That Lennon Camp realizes that since he has been sold out, he doesn't want to die as a hostage. He just kills himself. He hates uh, yeah, himself. They here. make a point that like one of the guards just wasn't really on the ball. Uh, like Lennon Camp knew when he was being watched, they never would let it happen. So as soon as he's not under direct eye for a second they like leave the rope in the room too because they had him tied to a chair and then they're like oh well you know no reason to be you know so hostile you're a military man you understand how this shit goes and then they just like untie him and leave the rope behind to which he immediately finds and is like well time to hang myself (laughs) it's like zero to hung in like 
I don't know, a minute. A minute. <laughs> it's pretty buck wild. Then like everybody sprints in and they're like, "Oh fuck, who didn't who didn't watch this guy?" And there's like, "Sorry, I you know I was taking a piss." And he's like, "You took a piss and a man is dead." Uh, and they're freaking out because Lennon Camp they 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 need yeah that know, was his ticket out of here. For, it should also be noted real quick that Lennon Camp did this one because he's one of these you know old style admirals that feels that honor is important, but he also didn't want to be used as a uh, a pawn for them to escape in this situation. He feels that he has been shamed by one being captured and two he doesn't want to become a hostage and bar- burden the emperor, so he figures he's better off dead at this point. So and so he does that and then. Um, you know, he also knows this big... is like his last straw with Reinhardt too. Yeah, because he's fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. He uh, the thing is, they're like, "Oh shit, what do we do? We need our bartering chip." And luckily, Frederica just out of nowhere is like, "Oh, I'll just throw some makeup on him all weekend at Bernie's." This shit, like, I'll make him look close <laughs> enough to alive. Who gives a fuck? I can do that. And it, it's... Yang has a moment of just like, "Hey, you don't really need to do." It. Like, he feels bad that he's making her do this like really grim activity just for his sake more or less yeah and she's like oh uh, he, i murdered a guy earlier it's cool yeah she's just like she's like oh shit if you think putting makeup on a corpse is the worst thing i've done today oh honey <laughs> she also said hey that's the plus side of this marriage i mean not, not a dull day am i right <laughs> yeah she was just like she's like i'll never be bored <laughs> it's working out great so far so they um the rosenritters they're they have their hostage they so it, there's some time between them putting on the makeup here and the rest of this, but they get their ducks in a line. They ta- they get all of the people that they wanted um, to come with them. They notify them. So, like, for example, they show a scene of Kazern and his wife packing bags real quick and running to the spaceport. I uh, love they, how the that when Kazern was leaving, this dude who was over there is like, dude, you're leaving? You're really good at your job. Okay, how about this? I know that you're acting leader of supply and all that stuff what if we remove the acting part huh it's like they're just trying to like massage yeah, his title he was at, to make he was it at work when the call came in and he called yeah, his wife he's like so, honey pack the bags we're leaving and this boss comes in is like we give you a promotion he's like no fuck you i'm out he's like we have you as interim or serving what if we make this shitty job permanent hmm sweeten the yeah, pot so- a little him, the Rosenredders, and all of his friends, they go to the spaceport, get on a ship. Um, they take a ship up to the orbit. Dusty is already there somehow, and he's dressed like a pirate, which is that really funny. That was amazing. There's this one <laughs> shot of him having taken over the ship, and he's dressed up like a fucking pirate. You never like, see or hear of it again. Pirate. Eye patch. He mm-hmm. has a hook hand. Like, I don't know. That, he the, raided the thing a party that's great city. about that... Yeah, what's great is that that implies that at some point during this huge rush and this big, like, oh, no, we've got to plan this escape. we got to go now. Dusty was like, I'm a couple minutes ahead. Let's stop at Party City. <laughs> well, I mean, earlier he was – earlier when they all met up on the hill before the Rosen Raiders really started getting into action, he was kind of upset because he didn't have his uniform. So, I mean, he had to get creative somehow because he was just yeah. in street – he was just in <laughs> yeah, street clothes. True. Yeah, there was a scene earlier when uh, Bagdashi was talking to Shenkop and Dusty about, like, they asked, Frederica was there and she had a briefcase. And they were like, what do you have in the briefcase? It's like, oh, it's Yang's uniform. We didn't have time to change clothes before he left. And like, it shows fuck. Dusty in this, like, 1970s disco outfit. And he's, yeah, like, he's looking like, down. Fuck, everybody brought their uniforms? Why, why did nobody tell me we needed our uniforms? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was dressed like a pirate. It's like, yeah, yeah man, he, you didn't he know. He showed up to the... Yeah, he showed up to, like, the toga party in full pirate regalia. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so the last episode of the uh, 
or the last scene of this episode is Leblo telling his aides that since pretty much all of his military genius part is leaving, that they need to get some paperwork to pull Bucock out of retirement, because I guess that's something they can do. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Bucock. Uh, episode 63 goes over Bucock to... Bucock the... was just about to get started on his own honeybee farm as well. He's getting all those good tips. <laughs> I've been talking to Sydney. So yeah, episode 63 kicks over to the other side of the galaxy. Um, we see that Whalen on the Galactic Empire is nearing Pluto on his way to Earth. Um, he was the one who was told to go deal with the Earth Church. Um, he's talking with his aides. They're kind of discussing how they want to attack the Earth Church. They realize they just can't blow it up because it's under a mountain. That's not going to work. Um, there's a lot of entrances to deal with. So even if they try killing some of them or burying some of the entrances, there's going to be others. Yeah, the main thing is that um, he didn't want to go to Reinhardt and tell him, yeah, we nuked the entire church. Yeah, I mean, like he it, wants to do it thoroughly because Wal- Whalen yeah. is a good guy and thorough. Yeah, that's that's the thing is he probably could level it and Reinhardt would be a little like, was that necessary? But I mean, Wallen, Wallen's a pretty cool dude and he doesn't want to, you know. He wants to do it properly. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Wallen is kind of, he was kind of in the background of the past and he gets a lot more attention and like the rest of the series, but he's also really one of the more likable guys. Yeah. So he and his... Uh... He was talking to all his aides on how to do this. They disagree. He's like, you know what? We've been traveling for a while. Get the 140-year-old wine out. Because I guess that's <laughs> just on tap on these spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he's chilling around on the uh, bridge for a while. Okay, and- wait. Hold up. Can we go back to that? Because these motherfuckers <laughs> have, like, columns in their ship. They have, uh-huh. like, proper goddamn columns. Those are like it's the fucking columns, columns, I'll have you know. <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you about the tale of Grover ship. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, fucking oh god, Grover ship. Yeah, we actually, you know, like load bearing. You can't put side. a coal burning generator up against linoleum siding. Jesus Christ! <laughs> the spaceship oh, has a PVC Wait. piping sticking up the side. Of it. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me that these load bearing columns are all made out of drywall? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The insulation is bare under the staircase up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so from the decorative stairway, some dude comes out with a knife and lurches toward Wallen. Yeah, so out of like nowhere, this guy just comes up and tries stabbing him. He Wallen does get stabbed in the arm, um, but he ends up uh taking this dude down. Um he gets knifed and he gets his uh the knife happened to be poisoned, so they took him off into the ER immediately. Uh, they had to amputate his arm and he falls into a coma for a while. So that's not good for him. Uh, we cut to Julian and Mashenko on Earth. They're doing pilgrim stuff. I guess like they're just carrying shit around. It doesn't really show too much what they're doing. Um, it, it's kind of like they're... It, it looks like they're in a holding area for like new people who are coming for the pilgrimage. Yeah, they're just like, doing menial like tasks. Yeah, cleaning pews, but everything is in like dirty old caves and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it seems like they are just very much like, okay, here's a new entrant. Here's our unpaid internships get cleaning. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it is. I think it also ties into the next plot point with the Thiox yeah. and so stuff. So Julian and Popolo sit down in a cafeteria. They're still looking for the Earth, the data bank for the Earth Church. Um, while they're eating, some dude just goes crazy in the cafeteria. He starts screaming. He flips tables, starts throwing shit. Uh, some other guys in robes come in and tase him. 
Yes, yeah, that's the funny thing is dudes immediately run, immediately run to the room with tasers. Like, oh, it's this time again. Yeah. <laughs> Got to tase someone again. It's like, so huh. it's at this it point. Looks like the that Popolan, happens often for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's at this point Popolan realizes that they're being poisoned slowly through the food. Um, he tells Julian this, and they go into the bathroom and barf it up. Uh, we cut back to Whalen, who's waking up from his uh, coma. He asks about the assassin uh, and whether or not they can figure out his orders. So they bring it's the assassin cool about into... having lost his arm. <laughs> yeah, he was real chill about it. Like he it's wakes like he up reaches, from his coma, he reaches looks up over, and he's like something. Hey. It's like the doctor standing next to him reaches his arm up and notices it's missing. He's like, "I'm sorry, we had to remove it. It was poisoned." Oh, hmm. Okay, where's the yeah. assassin? Yeah. So the assassin gets brought in. They ask him about the Earth Church. Um, he's obviously a nut and won't say anything. Uh, they take him away because he starts freaking out. Then they ask uh, if any of his troops has, have prosthetics for some reason. I don't remember why that plot point came up. I don't know why either. I was really confused by it. Yeah, I, I think it might have been he just <clears throat> wanted someone to talk it over with and figure it out because he wanted a prosthetic. Because that was one thing, too. Is like Remember, like Oberstein has a, like a fake eye, like a, like a replacement eye that actually like hooks into his optic nerve and works and is straight up probably better than a regular eye because he records shit. Well, the thing is, is he <laughs> asked about a, a dude with a prosthetic and he when they named the guy, he said he wanted that guy to lead the whole thing down on Earth. And that's what I was yeah, kind of confused it, about. I wrote it in here in the notes when it happened because I thought they went someplace with it, but... I it really not. didn't. I when it came up, I was like, "Oh, where's he going with this?" And just it doesn't really Maybe come up. Maybe he thinks anyone who has more prosthetics is less likely to get poisoned because if they get stabbed in a prosthetic arm with a poison knife, that That's just point, means yeah. their prosthetic got stabbed. I mean, I mean, if there was like yeah. some underlying logic, I figured the narrator would step in and explain it. You know, they usually he's usually yeah. pretty big on that, but well, whatever. It was just yeah, it was pretty confusing, strange. Yeah, so, it might just be a little character building moment too. Yeah, yeah. we cut back to Julian. Um, he's suffering from withdrawals of whatever drug he was being poisoned with. Um, he's like in bed, just softly moaning the entire time. Yeah, and his roommates like, "Brother, what's the matter? Nothing. Go away. It sounds like you're going through withdrawal symptoms of some sort." Nope, nope, totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go um, to the doctor and have that looked at? Nope. <laughs> We get a quick scene of the traitor guys back on the undutiness. I hate that ship's name. Uh, they know that the Galactic <laughs> Empire is coming because they have radar and they can see it. Um, back on the Earth Church place, Julian was eventually taken to the infirmary because he just won't shut up about his Ooh. withdrawals. Ooh. And he notices that Popolon and Mashengo are there. Um, so when the guy is about to give them an injection to, quote, cure their problems... Uh, Popolon kind of loses it, attacks the doctor, and they take out the guards. Uh, Popolon then threatens the doctor about a drug overdose because he knows that they've been drugged. And the doctor kind of spills the beans about everybody getting drugs in their food and whatnot. Yeah, like Popolon just straight up, he's like, he knows the name of the chemical and stuff. And he's just like, that's weird. It's it's weird that you've been, you have this around since you're a doctor, but... Oh, this will be enough to kill anybody, huh? That's fucked up. And then just kind of like starts slowly putting the needle towards him. And the doctor's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's in everyone's food. We're fucking brainwashing the shit out of you. I'm so fucking sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. really... there, there were two things. Um, Just real fast. When it flashed the undutiness, we saw Marinesque. Marinesque was wearing a wonderful outfit again. That's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> it was a wonderful outfit with like a dickie again. It was great. And also, <laughs> also when they took out the uh, the doctor here... 
um, I think it was Poplin. He threw he threw a syringe and it stuck right in the doctor's eye. <laughs> oh yeah, it's real fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so they start to steal the guards' clothes because they figure that's a way to get around, and then the alarms all go off. <laughs> Poplin's um, like, "God damn think- it, undressing more dudes." <laughs> Yeah, so this is a shitty idea. Yeah, they think that the alarm's going off because of them, but then they realize it's the Galactic Empire doing landing ground troops and invading. Um, so it cuts to uh, Waylon talking with uh, a dude on the bridge, saying like, uh, "How are we going to get through all these caves and all shit?" And I guess one of the ground guys that Waylon sent out got in contact with Julian and Co. And Julian and them are pretending to be Fazani spies. And so, like, they go up to the Galactic Empire guys, like, hey, we know all the bases around here. Don't shoot us. We'll tell you where everything is. And so... Yeah, it was a really smart, fast thing from Julian, yeah, too. Like, it kind of was, like, Julian being legit and actually, like, a good spy and intelligence gathering agent and stuff. Like, he was just like, oh, yeah, no, we're Fazani spies. We'll help you out. Just please don't shoot us. Uh, we're we're on your side, bud. <laughs> yeah, and so they help the Galactic Empire forces start taking over the base. Um, there's a lot of action scenes in this episode and the later part they show Wayland's landing ship on the mountains those uh, jet ski guys go on out uh, the earth cult is trying to defend but they're getting stomped by these trained troops uh, they start doing guerrilla backhanded bullshit like uh, suicide bombings uh, putting gas into these tunnels yeah. and all that and they start um, yeah, it just starts becoming like too unpredictable and too dangerous and like even though they the earth church is clearly losing to the galactic empire it's becoming a battle of attrition in a really unhealthy fashion like one of them runs up and he's just like it's fucked up none of them have a fear of death we can't use normal tactics it sucks yeah like, the earth church is we fighting had some the dudes, last man the dude took off his mask to say this and then somebody runs up and stabs him in his face <laughs> yeah yeah Which, this kind of show this this doesn't really sh- sh- i mean the series up to now didn't really show off how good the armor was the troops made troops wore but i think this is this scene does a good an unintentional scene of showing the technology gap between these people on bumfuck earth with yeah, all these so dull the knives and lackluster pistols and everything just bouncing off of these armor dudes. Yeah, they show yeah, the beginning of black like, fucking Terminator. Just yeah, like, oh, the beginning of the black armor dudes send in like just dudes in normal like black uniforms with like helmets on and mm-hmm. they get shot up. So they send in the shock troopers who have like full body armor with like and they the can't whole do anything crazy to them unless unless they take off their mask to monologue and they get fucking stabbed in the eye. Yeah, yeah but like they legit. even start killing these guys by like blowing up corridors with them in mm-hmm. it and flooding them and shit. They flooded them with gas. They started flooding corridor because that's what the one was. Was yeah, there was like ten dudes in a shootout, like probably like six Galactic Empire dudes and like a couple Earth cult people, and someone else entirely just hits a button. It closes every door in the room and fills it with gas. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, they're not fighting a good war. They're fighting a dirty, nasty, you know, just fucking killing each other for the sake of doing it kind of war. And the Galactic Empire is like, we don't actually know how to handle this. <laughs> we actually don't know what to do here. So during all this, Julian Mashenko and Popolan sneak off because they're still trying to find the uh, mainframe, the Earth Cult mainframe thing. Uh, they run into Boris and another guy. Was that um, the other guy I'd never seen before? I don't yeah, think. I think that was just some random book with Boris. Yeah, but Which they makes uh, sense. they meet them. They meet up for a second, and then Boris's friend gets stabbed by one of the Earth Cult guys. I have Mashenko likes the Falcon Punch because he like yeah. runs across the room and Mashenko punches several dudes in the head in this episode, and they are fucking dead right after it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, 
Julian eventually finds the data from the Earth Cult mainframe, steals it, and then wipes it so the Glock also, Empire doesn't Also, it. when Julian takes out the disc, it looks exactly like a PSP UMD. Exactly. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, got to get this back to the, uh, the Intel PSP and analyze the data. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually the earth cult loses, realizes they're losing they press the self-destruct button and blow up the entire base under this mountain in a mass suicide um, julian and company barely get away uh bishop digsby does get away i think in the yeah, notes i have here the earth pope gets away and he's perfectly cool with this development yeah it shows just him and like five of his underlings just pressing the button and leaving like, well let's go to the next church and uh, at the end of the episode, it shows, like, the entire mountain kind of collapsing onto itself. And the narrator is like, yep, Earth Cult's done. They're all dead. So episode 64 starts out with uh, Julian and Boris lamenting the death of everybody that happened down there. Um, they feel for not so much the Earth Cult, but the people that were in the process of getting brainwashed. Um, and also all the Galactic Empire people that have died. Um, Julian and company get... Uh, invited onto Wayland's ship because they had such a helpful, they helped the Galactic Empire out a lot during this events of the last episode. Um, Julian tells them about the escape and all that. They originally asked for passage back to Fazan as the reward because Wayland offers them. Uh, but Wayland says he's going back to Odin first. And instead, Julian's like, you know what? We should go there too because why not? It's probably the easiest way for an FPA spy to get into Odin is to be invited at by the head admiral of the Navy. So, Oh, one uh, really good thing here, and if this episode ends up being 120 minutes, I take all credit for it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, Julian... Uh, when they're doing that, when he's just like, hey, can we go back to Fazan? We're Fazan. And, and the guy's like, oh, okay. is All right, sure. And Popolon like, nudges him and he's like, be more like a Fazani. And so he's just like, also, we can figure out all the other payments later. I really need to calculate the damages and the resources my team used during that raid. <laughs> yeah. So if you can get us those back, too, I'll, I'll hit you up with the bill later. And Popon's just like, nice. Okay. <laughs> like, Julian, like, when Julian pitches that line, he steeples his fingers, kind of like he's, you know, just putting Mr. funds together. Mr. Burns the fuck out <laughs> well, of it, yeah. <laughs> give us Being some time to tabulate excellent. those values and we'll get back to you. And Wallen's just like, yeah, sure. I also have Popolon thinks there are babes on Odin. Yeah. <laughs> Popolon has been wrong about babes on Earth. So. There have got to be girls on Odin. There have got to be. We got to go. So back on Odin, um, everybody learns of the Earth Church's uprising and sequential death. And also that Heineson is in the process of some political problems. Um, we have I have here that Ratzel, who is Lenkop's underling, who was in the previous scenes... Uh, earlier is the one that informs Muller. He thinks that Lenkop pre precipitated the FBA uprising. He knew that Lenkop had been talking to uh, to uh, Oberstein, but like he wasn't sure why Lenkop was taking credence to all the notes that the Free Planet Alliance people were telling him about the rumors and all that. So like he's not quite sure what was going on. The admirals have a meeting without Reinhardt because I guess Reinhardt was sick or something to talk about these accusations against Lenkop. Uh, Moeller wants to know more about it. He wants to send out a, uh, like, fact-finding mission, I guess, to the other side of the universe. Uh, Mittenmeyer thinks that's a good idea, too. Uh, Mittenmeyer was strangely trying to defend Gang about being framed. Like, he thinks that Lenincamp and the FPA politicians may have put a lot more blame on the Yang than was necessary. I think it's because there's a bit of a, you know, the, 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 the a sort of a bit of a honor 
so to speak, that um, yeah. Meyer and Royenthal kind of have toward Yang, that they kind of say like, hey, this is a military dude who was retired and he was being hounded. This this shit doesn't work. Yeah, I think that you're right, that it was some of what they like don't think that Yang would have done that necessarily. Yeah, because sort of, the way they're pitching it, it's almost like they're saying, hey, if I retire and this happened to me, that sort of shit's uncalled for. Yeah. Yeah. Oberstein. Yeah, like it kind of to a certain extent, just like, do you really want to live in a world where being in the military means for the rest of your life you can't be in peace? And he's just kind of like, okay, yeah, no, that does suck ass. <laughs> Yeah, Oberstein, knowing what Lennon Camp did, said that his actions were necessary, that like he was trying to take out a political problem for Reinhardt. This um makes Mittenmeyer mad. He was asking if, you know, these underhanded tactics are the things that the Galactic knew the Galactic Empire was founded on. Um Oberstein starts taunting Mittenmeyer and Mittenmeyer starts to lose it. Rubenthal steps in at this point, asks um if he should cover it up for the sake of the Free Planet Alliance, like the entire thing. Because they know that the Free Planet Alliance, if this gets out to like Reinhardt, that Reinhardt's going to be justifiably upset about it, and that it's going to make the FPA, uh, well, not exist anymore. And uh, it might make Reinhardt get too hasty. Yeah, is like I think the other concern because like they still are working through some civil issues internally. Like everything's not fully sorted. You know, it, the founding it, sure you can take over and declare that an empire is going to happen in a day, but it takes more than a day to like put the pieces together and have a stable government and stable infrastructure. So, um, Oberstein is not really so much concerned about Lenin camp per se and what's happening over there, but he's more wondering how Yang was able to kidnap a high admiral and leave Heineson without anybody stopping him. This yeah, is so where this is where Lang, um, he's the secret police guy, the fat dude. Um, yeah, I love this scene so much. Yeah, so Lang, like, I guess this is supposed to be a high admiral meeting with Oberstein uh-huh. and everybody there. But Lang, like, was kind of the plus one of Oberstein's. He just starts speaking up out of turn and asks, like, oh, this is going to tarnish the government's reputation. This is terrible. And then Rutenthal just, like, pops off, like, immediately tells him to fuck off and get out of this meeting. Like... He, I guess he didn't even see him over there. Yeah. And Lang's just sort of like, you know what I think? I think this will be bad for the Kaiser. That's my opinion. And Reinhold's like, who the fuck let you in here? It's <laughs> for military asshole. I didn't recall holding the door for you. Get the fuck out. And he's like, well, I came with, I came with oh, Mr. Oberstein. And oh. Oberstein just looks over. He's like, dude, just go to my office. We'll talk just later. Go to my <laughs> he's like, he's like, you actually need to shut the fuck up and leave right this second. Like, we'll talk later. Sorry, bud. You need to fuck off real hard. <laughs> he's like, I know you're fucking scheming. Get out of here. So after this meeting, uh, they show us Oberstein and Lang talking in their office. And Lang is, it's all, almost immediately obvious that he has a grudge against Rutenthal. He takes My the slight word. personally and uh, saying that he'll look for evidence against Rutenthal about like, he's trying to frame Rutenthal for absolutely nothing because that's the mm. kind of person Lang is. We uh, see Reinhardt in bed. I guess he was sick for a while. That kid doctor he talked to earlier is now his personal doctor. I have kid wants, <laughs> kid wants him to fuck too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you should have a wife and a kid. 
this fucking like 12 year old kid is telling him as a doctor that he should fuck more oh, seriously and mr right, reinhardt you want you want to boat down now sir if i remember right reinhardt just like kind of cracks a smile for a second he's just like fucking shit <laughs> it just kind of goes on he's like he's like i've got all this stuff to deal with right now i have no time to fuck i say as i power walk into bed and take a nap yeah you got a bone down <laughs> so um reinhardt eventually sees oberstein um they talk about what happened to lennon camp and all that uh, they both want to start an investigation to see if the facts that are coming in are true or not because they know that there's a lot of ambiguity about what's happening over there uh, they bring up the fact that this could be a military intervention situation that needs to happen reinhardt is upset at himself for picking lennon camp he says that probably wasn't the smartest idea should have put someone else in there instead Oberstein says this could be cause of belly for war. Ryan says, no, we're not going to invade. Uh, Reinhardt wants to release Yang and absolve him, but at this point he does not know that Yang is off fucking off that well. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what line it is in here, but Oberstein suggests something. Maybe it was the cause of belly you mentioned, but um, probably for the, for the first time in a while, Reinhardt really snaps at Oberstein, pretty much saying, don't put words in my mouth. Yeah. There's also like kind of an inner monologue of when Reinhardt heard the news of Leninkamp failing, like he was kind of thrilled because he knew that like, hey, we can get shit real again. We can go fight. And he wants to believe that he's not a ruler that fears that rules out of blood and kills people. But he does that, want yeah, has bloodlust. Yeah. Like bloodlust is his main drive. But yeah. War is super just like, cool. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't want to be that kind of leader, but he also does kind of want to fight someone smart. And so, like, he thinks this is somewhat exciting that shit could be going on again. Does anyone this motherfucker about chess or, like, Street Fighter? Because, like, I think he would go buck wild. Actually, wait, no, StarCraft. Reinhardt would be oh, yeah. great be all over at that. professional StarCraft. Oh, my God. Imagine I mean, Yang v. I mean, Reinhardt we, we, StarCraft. We already had future chess way, way back in the early episodes. Yeah, there episodes. was the 3D chess. Yeah. Yeah. Just remind don't you dare come into my fucking comments. First of all, please comment on uh, on the <laughs> podcast if you enjoyed it. Please please say, hey, this is a good podcast. They said things like, you know, Reinhardt wants to fuck. Uh, but, like, uh, don't you dare comment with, oh, they would definitely play League of Legends because you know they would get so frustrated with everyone involved. Like, that would just be an extension of their day work. I, I, I mean, there's, there's the whole... Isserlon Corridor, there's the Fezzani Corridor, that gets into laning or whatever they call it, right? That's how it works. Oberstein, where the fuck did you go? (laughs) Oh, sorry, I just went and got blue buff. I thought you would appreciate it. You got blue buff solo? Yeah, I just, I was lurking around in the Odin territory. That's worthless over there. 1v1, mid lane me. (laughs) Sorry, I accidentally ganked. Like, you ganked on purpose. Oh, that's weird. Well, I mean, I guess the gank happened. No reason to be sad about it now. Would you like a nice item? (laughs) Also, bite me. (laughs) Okay. You can't say that I'm your boss. (laughs) Back on Earth. (laughs) Well, and and the rest of the Galactic Empire fleet are leaving. Uh, Julian, Popalan, and everybody leave with them on the undutiness. Um. Julian has the data from the Earth Church that might clear Yang's name. Um, this is referring back to when people thought that he was uh, taking over. This is like the first Free Planet Alliance Civil War thing that happened where everybody thought that uh, Yang was trying to rebel when it was really the Earth Church fucking shit up. Um, 
Now we I got proof seen... that Yang is absolutely not rebelling. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. Yang has rebelled. <laughs> a bit late. Uh, Murkatz now knows that Yang is coming to the asteroid, because uh, I guess they phoned ahead. Uh, Murkitz still is wondering where the kid Kaiser is. No one knows, and he still feels that his number one goal in life is to see the Golden Bomb Dynasty come back, but it's like way too late at this point, dude. Just give it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things of he has spent so much of his life like obsessed with protecting the emperor and keeping the golden bomb dynasty and you know it's one of those things it's like um you know like my father served the gold bomb dynasty my father's father served the gold bomb dynasty my father's father's yeah, father like that kind of situation. He doesn't know what to do with himself at this point I don't think. Yeah, he's just kind of like, this is who I am, this is what I do, and then that doesn't exist anymore and isn't real, but he's still, like, frantically trying to be like, no, it is real. Well, not frantically, honestly. Very well composed. Yeah. He's making these mistakes. I don't think we've ever seen Murkatz frantic at any point. I don't think he can do that. Yeah, I don't think the animators know how to draw that majestic fucking stash (laughs) in a hurry. (laughs) Death wish It's kind of like they don't know how to draw Overstein with a smile. Yeah. It's like no, that's not there possible. was that time he kind of smirked at his dog. Yeah, yeah, he did smirk at the dog, which is the one time you'll ever see him smile. <laughs> so um, fucking same though. <laughs> Yang is on his way to the asteroid. He's on a he's on that cruiser with him and his friends going towards the asteroid. There's a kind of uh, this next scene is kind of uh, shows both. Shenkop and like Dusty and Popolon, not Popolon, but Shenkop and Dusty talking like about what Yang should do, and then there's inner monologues of what Yang's thinking at the time. I, I kind of like it because it was it was mostly from a theatric standpoint that there's it's supposed to be in the same room, you know, yeah, like they keep picture, giving him picture, shit like, like being on stage, but like physically in the anime, they were like ten feet apart. Yeah, like, they keep giving him Yang's shit that he's like lazy back. and doing like, nothing. Boy, Yang sure is being a piece of shit. He's just sleeping on the job, huh? Yeah, they keep giving him shit for sleeping on the job, but he's really just thinking about the future yeah. and how to plan stuff out. But um, they keep trying to... Shenkop is still playing devil's advocate and thinks that he should just take over the FBI government because Shenkop likes Yang as a dictator. Um, Yang is wishing that he still had Izzelhorn as a base for democracy, like he could just start his own government there and no one could do anything about it. Um, they know that... Yang knows that announcing Lenkan's death is going to be very risky, uh, politically and how they do it they know if they do it too soon that it will force the galactic empire to uh, invade but if he knows he does it too late then the galactic empire is going to get really uh, skeptical of anything he says because they think they may have killed him earlier and stuff we cut to another scene of reinhardt is still in the process of moving the new galactic empire hq to fazan um, so he was dictating out some stuff for hilda to write down Hilda, during the scene, knows that Ryan needs an opponent because she sees that he's getting angsty and he's going to like self-destruct and become a problem unless he has some place to f- channel and funnel all of his anger, I guess, his motivation. It, it's, it's not even really like it, it's just um, it's kind of more his drive, right? Yeah. Like it's just the way he is driven and his competitive nature and he kind of was driven by, to a certain extent, like revenge against the nobles all this time and now he's kind of done yeah he's kind of just like it's more just like what what kind of fascinations is he going to fall into and what how is he going to behave if he has none of his motivations but still has that like fire burning like what is he gonna do 
it's probably not going to be good. He needs yeah. he needs a war to keep him occupied. Otherwise, he just gets stressed. He'll he'll howl at night, tear up the carpet, kind of gnaw on uh, <laughs> furniture. It's really unfortunate. He needs an outlet. We don't know for his how energy. he keeps getting out. He keeps getting out of his crate. We have no yeah, idea. I, how. I don't understand. Come in there, find he's got a blaster and he's blown open the whole gate. It's like Reinhardt. How do you keep doing this, my dude? We keep having to buy taller and stronger baby gates, and we cannot contain our, our blonde son. Somebody please help us contain this baby. <laughs> so um, we have an, one last scene of Mittmeyer with all talking. Uh, Mittmeyer's talking about how they're moving the capital is a smart idea. It'll let them keep tracks of the FPA side of the galaxy better and, you know, put a central place. Also keep the Fazanis from doing stupid shit. And there's this one-off line inside Roy and Tall's head. He's like, man, what about that crazy girl I got crashed at my place? No, it's actually funny because I think the way it came up is Mittenmeyer is talking about moving the galaxy. And Ruth, I was like, I wonder how that girl's doing back home. Yeah, like, just like, I thought there was not- going to be a scene change because the first time we caught her name. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also talk about the rift that's kind of formed between Oberstein and Reinhardt. Um, Oberstein, of course, still wants to do his uh, Machiavellian Garfield kind of style of ruling well uh reinhardt wants to make things better in a way and it's kind of getting soft and there's also rutenthal still thinking about how he could do better than everyone you know because that's all he thinks about and then the last thing that this episode ends off on is the narrator saying that oh yeah alpha seal that one planet uh, just kind of declared independence from the free planet alliance oops see you next time yep and uh, Alpha Seal, if that name sounds familiar, but you're not <laughs> sure why, uh, is the place that Yang evacuated everybody and saved the day, all that stuff. That yeah. is that is Alpha Seal. That is the birthplace of the, the fake story of Hero Yang. I mean, That's... real story of fake hero, because let's be real, Yang does not want to be a hero at all. No. It's, gotta be the, it's like a Yang fan club, probably, by this point. Yeah, but they all know yeah, of him accident- there, so... Accidental hero Yang Wenli. <laughs> That's his fan planet. It's basically like, um, oh god, what's the what's that old chain that went out of? What was it? Uh, planet Hollywood, except it's Planet Yang. Oh. They have really shitty restaurants. <laughs> Do you think he gets free drinks there? It's just everything has like brandy or something in it, and really shitty sandwiches. Just like the Hard Rock Cafe. Rest in peace. $14, $14 for a ham and cheese. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, great. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's all for the episodes. But yeah, let's, 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 take, let's take a quick second here and just... Yeah, how do we feel about uh, what Kuva brought up earlier? Just Yeah, that's the last thing I want to talk about. Leblo. Like, Leblo, yeah. he's kind of... He's an interesting character in the series because he has justifiable motivations for what he's doing, and it could be argued either way, I think, on whether you think what he's doing is right. So, like, obviously, he's trying to straight up murder a civilian that he's supposed to be, in, you know, someone who may or may not have voted for him, like a citizen of his. But at the same time, he's also trying to save what's left of the government of what's left of the nation and government that he loves. Mm-hmm. it's interesting especially like he's the one thing i will say is that through all of it he is steadfast in his resolve i mean right up to the end he say everything he's doing is for the good of his nation and he only kind of gives that up once he is kidnapped but the only reason he gives it up is because he thinks that this new plan would be better for him i don't know if it's better for him or better for the nation it's not really shown either way yeah and 
I think the big thing here is, at least for me personally, I think if you allow, you know, your nation to be rolled over and do all of these, you know, horrible actions against people who are, for all intents and purposes, due to the evidence and everything they have, innocent, um, then do you really have a nation at all? Like, do you actually have anything going on if... If you're not what like if you're not upholding the the government and everything as intended, then are you're not saving anything. You're saving the ghost of a thought of an afterthought of a government, and it's not real. So in that regard, gotta say Leblo's a little full of shit. Yeah, especially <laughs> I mean, not to bring current events in, but we see a lot of things nowadays where people feel that they're doing stuff in the best interest of the nation when it's obviously going across everything that the nation has really stood up for in the past. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard, I mean, to feel any sympathy for these people, even though they feel that they've been put in the wrong place. It's like you have a moral compass. You can make your own decisions. Yeah, they could. you could just not, you could fucking not, <laughs> or you could stand up and like say, well, the only chance we're ever going to have to have the government actually back is some kind of rebellion. But also it's shown that a lot of the politicians are a bit cowardly and then there's something to be said too for like knowing there's going to be more bloodshed if there's a rebellion and like how how valuable is it then and like that's one of the big uh points level o makes and i think it's actually considerably more valid to me personally than the idea of this whole rule of law bullshit that i hate i hate rule of law arguments so much because the uh, the law was made up by some fucking old jackasses who don't have a goddamn clue what 2018 is like so i don't give a fuck about it the law's made up uh and so that i'm just like fuck you get out of here with that shit uh but then you know like hey we actually have some semblance of peace like it would be nice to have that for at least five minutes that kind of thing and that's like okay yeah you know what that's a better argument to which point yang wanted there to be five or six years of peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but his own plans with Mercats kind of screwed that up i mean it was yeah. kind of fucked either way because Yang didn't really, when he gave the instruction to the Mercats after they had surrendered, he didn't really know how the future was going to shake out. So, I mean, I I would say that if Yang knew what was going to happen in the future, he wouldn't have told Mercats to do that. But that's no, just me trying have, yeah. to that second guess him, I guess. But yeah, Ludlow is an interesting character, and uh, I don't know if we see too much of him after this. Trying to think. Yeah, I, I mean, we might. It's it's one of those folks where I feel like Trunant, Leblo is... Uh, and again, this is me who's blind on the series. Like, you two have both seen it, yeah. I haven't. Leblo feels kind of like a Trunant kind of character where the politicians are kind of inherently less interesting, but they're still not two-dimensional, and they bring them back every so often when they need you know a character or a representation of a certain philosophy or political structure or idea like trunit being super warhawk backstabs everybody gets things done but is super self-interest like self-serving that well, kind of thing i feel or that like, both of them are in a way i mean they're both politicians so they're both looking out for themselves but i feel that leblo compared to trinit does have a little bit of the civic pride or national pride in him oh, exactly. they're they're not the same character i'm just saying yeah. like they bring them back when they need the type of character that they are yeah uh to explain those kind of motivations so, so like, a plot it would be weird 
it would be weird not seeing Lebelo ever again because there's not really anyone else who's kind of one-to-one with Lebelo. Like, there's no one else who has that bit of a moral compass, isn't just complete slime ball, but sees things in a very different way. Like, it was kind of the whole uh, discussion that Yang had ages ago to Julian of, like, uh, you know, some people value human life each individual one above all other things some people don't and when those two people come into conflict that's when war happens you know like and so leblo there was kind of saying like i am willing to give up a human life for sake of this ideal and yang's just kind of like nope not me (laughs) that's kind of uh again central to all the conflicts in this in this show so far yeah, and, and uh, the toughest part is, like you said, it's hard. There's arguments made on either side of that, and I hate to be the guy's like, oh, the argument's in the center, but it, it is a tough politically place to go to for that sort of it, stuff. It's not as easy or free or clearly defined as most other media interpretations of war. Uh, and even, like, I feel like to a certain extent, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, like, sets it up to intentionally have that oh, yeah. where at Most first definitely. they're kind of like yang is the good guys and reinhardt and the galactic empire they're the bad guys and then they just start as it's going on and on they start kind of muddying the waters more and more to the best of their abilities and yeah making these situations where it's just kind of like man okay i get mm, who's right here i don't like hmm is but, reinhardt I mean, actually making the world better it's yeah good. exactly exactly yeah, I mean, it, it would be a completely different series if Yang was the good guys for democracy and Reinhardt was the evil dictator that comes down. It'd be completely one-sided and the series wouldn't be what it is. Yeah, and that's what makes it so special and interesting. So, like, the fact that it's continuing with that and starting to get more and more unclear as the series <laughs> goes on yeah, is when the dem- really promising. Yeah, it's especially when you start seeing the democratic side and the people with democratic ideals starting to rebel and cause war. While the people that who are in the dictatorship position is trying to maintain peace, it's uh, interesting. But I think that's it for today. Yeah. yeah so hey, if you uh, listen to all of this from beginning to end, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, you should leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or whatever your preferred podcast providing service is like Podbean or whatever the fuck else there is <laughs> these days um and uh yeah if, if you want you know obviously subscribing is dope that's the, i think free i i actually am really bad at podcast uh so yeah thank you for that and thank you for joining as always kuvo and Giop. thank you and uh yeah space anime i guess or whatever <laughs> <laughs> or whatever mm.